Hi there, this is Vijahad Said Khan. I am the digital editor for Nikkei Asia here in New York City. I am joined by my colleague Madhya Abzal, uh, the Rubenstein Fellow in the Foreign Policy Program at the Brookings Institution uh, over in Washington, D.C. She is the author of Pakistan Under Siege, Extremism, Society and State, published in 2018, but very relevant today, considering we are talking about Afghanistan. Madhya, welcome to Conversation 6. This is day two of the president's second speech, the American president's second speech, where he's doubled down on his Afghanistan withdrawal. What's your day two analysis? What's your morning after analysis? Why did he make the speech? Who was he talking to? Why is he still defending this decision, this decision to withdraw? What's going on in D.C.? Sure. Thanks for having me, Wajahat. Um, I think events uh, since the president announced his decision to withdraw in April have really, in many ways, revealed the fallout of the withdrawal. And so I think he felt he needed to defend it. Um, and that's what the speech was primarily. Um, and that fallout was has been in terms of increasing violence on the ground. The fact that peace talks between Kabul and the Taliban have gone nowhere. Um, and the increasing sort of accelerating losses we've seen in these past few days um, since uh, the exit from Bagram. Uh, I think the audience was primarily for him, the media, which has been writing in alarm, you know, in terms of sort of the events unfolding on the ground, uh, and also sort of his political critics. Um, and to maybe a lesser extent, the American public. I think the American public, um, a good set of it has accepted his decision. There are some uh, segments of the public that may be responding to the media or to his political critics. critics. So he sought to reassure them. Um, and I would also say that President Biden in this speech really revealed his calculus in terms of sort of the cost of staying um, versus uh, the benefits of it. And he didn't see those benefits. Um, and I think the insinuation there was basically that he didn't think that any of that calculus had changed in the wake of these events. So he sticks by that decision that he made to withdraw. Right. He's sticking by that decision. Meanwhile, uh, the uh, the defense of Afghanistan's government is crumbling. We'll just come to that in just a bit. But first, there was a, a veiled reference, Madiha. He talked about the inherent lack of unity in this country. He said empires have tried to unite it. It hasn't worked. He also said that uh, that wasn't the point, uh, that uh, the U.S. wasn't there for nation building. And uh, he also said, uh, interestingly, that neither the government uh, nor uh, the Taliban can unite the country. He did, however, say that the Afghan National Security Forces can fight, which, by the way, they're not doing a very good job of. But there was a veiled reference both to the Taliban as well as Ashraf Ghani's government that you can't unite this country. Nobody can. So might as well talk uh, and, and battle it out on the negotiating table. What do you think of that? Sure. I, I think uh, one of the really interesting parts uh, of the event yesterday on Afghanistan, essentially, was the Q&A uh, that he didn't have the first time. And, uh, you know, I thought that the questions were sharp. I thought Biden was quite candid. And he really basically said something uh, quite important, which is, A, he doesn't think the Taliban can um, win on, on the battlefield, basically. You know, it's an imminent Taliban takeover he doesn't think is likely. But 
also that Kabul can't rule the whole country. So in, in some sense, this was a veiled message to both Kabul and the Taliban that they can either fight this out without either of them winning essentially the full country or they can arrive at a peace deal. So the choice is theirs. Uh, and I thought that was important. Right. Madhya, finally, what does the end look like? Because according to Joe Biden, the end looks very different than what it seems to be looking like right now. There's a reports coming in that the Taliban now have a control of at least four international border crossings uh, with four different countries which border it. Uh, Uzbekistan, Pakistan, Iran, uh, and uh, China. Um, they, have, uh, they are claiming control of 85% of the country. Uh, they are talking to the Russians. They're in Moscow today as if they actually own the, own the place and run the place. They're behaving like a government already. Uh, there's uh, all sorts of trends on social media showing them marching through the streets of that country. Is this what the end looks like? Sure, I think there are two aspects of it. I don't, I don't think this is quite the end yet. Um, you know, part of what Biden did yesterday was to push back on the alarmism uh, and basically say that the Afghan security forces um, are more powerful than the Taliban. That certainly hasn't hasn't been what it's looked like over recent days as um, they have faced accelerating losses. Um, but there is a part of this conflict that we have not seen yet. Uh, and that is in provincial capitals and cities where the Afghan security forces may be able to push back um, against the Taliban. And Biden is pushing them to push back. And so that phase of the fighting, in essence, mm. will determine uh, Afghanistan's future. And we should all be waiting and, and, and watching that. Very interesting. Thank you, Madhya Afzal. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks.